Events for Breakfast, your go-to guide for advice, top tips, and events industry insights. My podcast is delivered in bite-sized chunks to help you digest information and expand your expertise. Well, hello, you wonderful lot, and welcome to this week's episode of the Events for Breakfast podcast. I'm Kelly Frew, your podcast host, and this week we've got a great topic to be talking about and a wonderful guest too, which I know you're going to love. So we're going to be talking all around marketing, communications, and creative, okay? So we're going to be talking to Katie Sando, and she is a marketing consultant and founder of Sando Studios. Now, she also runs the Marketing Forum, and this helps people learn, connect, and collaborate through podcasts, live events, learning resources, and development programs. We're going to dig deep and look at why it's really important to be part of a community and build your network. We're going to understand how it feels to be a freelancer working in silo on your own and the things that you can do to support yourself and hopefully businesses support you too. So without further ado, let's go and say hello to Katie now. Katie, welcome to the podcast. It's so great to have you on today. Thank you very much for having me. It's going to be a wonderful conversation. I can feel it already. So first and foremost, if you wouldn't mind, if you wouldn't mind just telling the listeners a little bit about yourself um, and how you got involved in the events industry, please. Sure. Um, so my work really is in the what I would call so marketing. Nowadays, I'm a marketing consultant. I started off um, really kind of on the commercial side, moved into marketing mainly in SMEs. Um, and so, you know, I was thinking about it earlier and actually even from the very first job I had, um, you know, you're I, inexperienced, had never worked in events before, had never really done anything before, you know what it's like. Yeah. And um, you just kind of get thrown in the deep end. And we did a bit of a kind of rebrand and we renovated um, one of these shops and they were like, right, let's do a stakeholder launch event. And I'm thinking like, okay, what do they look like? Um, and um, it went really well, like loved it. We had a great time. Um, I've always been really into like the personal details. So we did things like screen printed invitations and all of those kinds of little bits that I just love anyway. But you know, from there really all the jobs I've worked in both in-house and then later on as a consultant and freelancer yeah I've always um events have always been part of a strategy or the strategy whether or not that's you know little tiny things like um launches of whatever um or much bigger things like um um you know sort of month-long series of different dinners and that kind of thing so um that was my I guess baptism of fire into the events sector fabulous yeah and I like that I, do, I like the array of things that we get up to in events and, and marketing isn't it like you say from the real small intimate kind of events to the large-scale ones they've all got their values and they've all got their place and yeah it's it's an gr- interesting um journey to be on isn't it yeah it's amazing and and like you say it's and I think they've you know they've changed a lot and um you know I think we'll probably talk about it later but that's one of the reasons why I set up my network because I just thought you know do people really want to be attending events like in the top floor of solicitors offices anymore with like a really shriveled up croissant um you know or do they want sort of more experience led and so yeah I think it's it's always evolving isn't it 
It really is. Yeah. And uh, just coming on to another question about you before we come on to sort of, you know, the marketing forum and the, the creative community that you've kind of set up. What is it about marketing and events that really gets you going in the morning and motivates you? What, what's that one thing? I love marketing in particular because I love business. I love commercial. It feels like a massive playground of exciting, interesting games um <laughs> and I but I'm also a really creative person yeah. and so and um, for me marketing I just kind of I suppose I didn't so fall into it but I suppose I was exploring you know what particular part of business I wanted to be in and so um, marketing for me was the opportunity to be really creative and really innovative but also at the same time ultimately you're driving business goals business objectives etc yeah um so uh, you know in events you don't get the buzz anywhere quite like the buzz the night before a big event, do you? No, absolutely not. <laughs> so I think that's what gets me out of bed before an event because I haven't slept before an event. Yeah, no, I get that. Absolutely. Yeah, we're we kind of not getting out of bed in the morning, are we, at that point? We're no, probably going through the night. Going to bed. <laughs> yeah, and carrying on <laughs> without a doubt. Yeah, and I, lo- and I agree with you around marketing, the fact that you can be so creative. And I love the fact that marketing is also about the strategy, but also mm. about the data analysis behind it too you have to really look at look at the data and the details and analyze everything in marketing yeah. and that that's quite interesting isn't it sure it's definitely sprinkled into you can specialize and in so many different areas like you say like the data the analysis is really important yeah um you know this even like the sales angles around it is really interesting really important there's just so much it's become really broad yeah without a doubt and the way that events in fact my episode that's gone live this morning season one of um sorry season five episode one is all around how to use business to business events with as a marketing tool and they they are it is they are such a great engagement tool aren't they whether it's business to business events or b2c it doesn't matter but uh, or internal comms actually it's all really relevant um yeah but what i want to come on to now is um the marketing forum that you've set up which i think you know i've just done my research on you and had a little look into it and it seems really creative really creative and it sounds quite pioneering so can you tell us more about it and the vision and the objectives around it sure so um like I said so when I was working you know when I was um originally working in marketing I was working in small and medium-sized businesses and I I kind of um was finding myself in-house in a really small team or with no team Mm-hmm. And I'd be, you know, you'd be reporting into the managing director, you'd be marketing manager, but you're not really managing anyone. Um, and, and basically, I just kind of noticed that as much as I could go and do the Chartered Institute of Marketing qualifications and as much as I could do training online, etc. What I really noticed was a gap in that I wasn't overhearing what experience looked like and knowledge looked like, insight looked like. Um, I was really lucky to be able to network quite a lot within my work Mm -hmm. so I had started develop peers and so we would kind of get together and just be like oh my god you know we've got this what do you think of this you know like we've got no budget Um, but it just like over the years um, I realized that um, not everybody had that firstly I suppose and also secondly that there's still there was still a bit of a gap So um, ultimately in 2018, um, I set up the marketing forum originally as live events um, where you'd have um, an interview. So you do a live interview, which the first time I absolutely was shh-ing myself. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
Uh, so we did a live interview with a you know audience, and it was um, the opportunity to to really start picking the brains of people with the knowledge and the insights. Yeah. Um, and just uh, encourage networking. I think there's a lot of networking that happens at kind of a senior level. But how much do creatives and marketers and communicators, how much are they working together, outsourcing to each other? You know, it's really essential, particularly in SMEs, that they know each other. And so that was the starting point. And I suppose it's evolved since then. Um, So now, um, as much as there is still live events, obviously, pandemic changed the game. Um, So I have my own podcast and um, things like webinars and training and all of that kind of thing. Yeah, um, but that was the starting point. Yeah, and I absolutely get it. And I feel it from um, from all sorts of senses in terms of you talked about the fact that even if you're in a business and it's a smaller business and you, you, you're you kind of siloed on your own and, and then you, like you say, you, you just report directly into the managing director. But a lot of our creative community are also freelancers and it's mm. difficult for a freelancer to know their place in terms of work when, when they work with clients and how they slot into different teams. And it can feel quite um, isolating sometimes having done some freelance work um, so I'm, I'm wondering you know how important is the power of connecting and collaborating for this group of people is that is that was that your main ethos behind it yeah so I think firstly I really believe in the power of um, network I yes. think it's absolutely critical yeah. and the other thing that I really believe is in I, I call it informal professional development but yeah. effectively it's not the training and the qualifications it's the learning that other people share with you, whether or not that's their kind of campaigns that they've done that worked really well, or whether or not that's, you know, how to get back into careers when you stop to have children, you know, whatever it may be. Um, and uh, so freelancers, absolutely. It's so, like you say, it can be isolating as a freelancer. Yeah. So, I mean, I work as a consultant, so technically I'm a, still a, I'm a freelancer as well. Yeah. Um, and different people, have like struggle in different ways some people really don't like being on their own um and the other thing that you really notice particularly with creative freelancers is you know marketing and you know all events it's it's creative and you can't really do that on your own in isolation yeah you know you can't be like I'm gonna have a really cool brainstorm this afternoon on my own with no challenge um So it is really important whether or not that's um, collaborating, for example, on tender opportunities um, or whether or not that's trying to get new work or whether or not that's literally just somebody that you have a coffee with to say, let me tell you my plan. Is it stupid? And vice versa. Yeah. And when you think about some of these people, then and we've both been in this situation where we are perhaps working on quite a big project. But like we say, we're working on our own. We're either working on our own in our homes and we're just feeding into different meetings from from externally and remotely. How what, what is your advice to sort of those freelancers and those people that are siloed into their sort of own corner and don't really have those people to connect with? Um, I think the way that certainly the way I've kind of done it in my own work is really surround yourself with people that you trust. Yeah. So um, other freelancers, other agencies, uh, so that you do get to be in, in that position where you, if you're working on a project, um, you are able to talk to people who are kind of on your side, like yeah. you're all kind of in it together. Um I think that's really important, particularly like on those larger scale projects. Like if you do have a hand in commissioning, that's it's really helpful to be able to say, like, you know, I know these people can deliver, but I also know they're really great to work with. Yeah. 
Um, and I think it is important to take time out to go and get a coffee or have lunch, you know, in your in our heads, sometimes we're like, oh, but I'm not working. Yes. Yeah. But it's important. Like, it's important to be able to kind of, I suppose, like refill your glass in a way um, so that you can carry on delivering. It's um, it's not something to feel guilty about taking that time to refresh. Yeah, absolutely. Like you say, whether it's a lunch break or a run or a walk or whatever, whatever it yeah. is, because um, as well, being creative, I find when you're sat in front of the desk in front of your laptop, that's when all the details there and all you, you're bogged down with either emails or spreadsheets or logistics. The creative side for me always comes out when I'm away from the desk. Yeah, well, for sure. Well, yeah. And so you have to remember that we are we are creatives as well as though that operations and logistics plan and no matter what your role is so you need to take yourself away don't you to be able to do that yeah 100 percent. and I think that when you get really bogged down and really knackered and really exhausted that's when you, you know I've had times before and I was like it's been like three weeks and I haven't had a single idea about anything yeah and it's just because you're so stressed and you're yeah. so busy and you just think you know that's why it is important to start kind of trying to structure it into your life so that you do have that ability to be like, you know what, I'm taking two hours out. I'm going to go for a walk with two other freelancers and let's just see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. It's so beneficial. And so you've got this wonderful community going now of, um, you know, your creative community, marketers, events people. Um, what outside of sort of connection and collaborating, what are the other support you are hearing that people are wanting? Um, so I think there's still an appetite for learning. Yeah. So um, we do things like um, mini guides. So, yeah. for example, things like mini guides to outsourcing, um, just giving people um, access to that real on the ground experience in different ways, really. You know, that's the whole point of, for example, the podcast that we do, speaking to different people about their lives and their experience um, in a more in-depth way than you would otherwise hear from people. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't matter if they work in a corporate or whether or not they, you know, they work as a freelancer. Yeah. You know, everybody's got different experience and it's all valid. Um, so I do think those kinds of elements are really important. I do think people have missed live events. Yes. Without a doubt. Oh, <laughs> I did the first one last November. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> since the beginning of the pandemic. And um, it was the 30th of November and it was right before, it was like the day after they announced that Omnicron was incoming. Oh, crikey. Um, <laughs> I, know, I was like, wow, we know how to pick the date. Um, but people were like, people really loved it. Like people would, there is, I do think there's a split, but there yeah. is definitely a percentage of people that are really keen to get back out. And then I think you've also got the people who have got far too comfortable with their slippers and don't really want to go out anymore. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And it is finding that balance now, isn't it, for all of us? Because um, there's going to be certain events like you've talked about where if it's on the top floor of a lawyer's office with a crusty croissant, you're not going to want to go and you will not make that effort now completely. So it's about understanding how we entice people out of their homes to travel, to come together. Um, and there's going to have to be a real ROI on that in the future. 100%. I think particularly with, I think the mistake we used to make in the past with B2B was that we um, we didn't think about B as in business, as yes. humans. You know, yeah. we were just kind of like, oh, it's just a B2B event. You know, like it doesn't, you know, let's just all wear a suit. Whereas I do think like everybody's much more used to being experience led um, and thinking about what will they respond to like why not make an effort with the table or the environment just because it's a b2b audience 
Yeah, um, exactly. So, like, you know, like you say, I think that's going to be really important now as well. Yeah, because B2B, even like you say, it's it is still people at the end of the day. It's the people behind the businesses, isn't it? And it's those personalities, it's the characters, it's the detail behind them, it's the authenticity that we're all banging on about now because it's so important that we've got to draw out in our B2B events going forward. I want to come back because you are, just whilst I've got you and you are a, a consultant, so you technically you are freelance. Um, and I know a lot of people during the pandemic sort of joined that boat for some of them because they were forced into it and some of them because they chose that that it was the right route for them. Um, talk to me about the positives and the negatives of being a freelancer and, you know, what are the good bits? And then let's get down to some of the nitty gritty that keeps you awake at night. <laughs> so I've done it for like years and years now. Um, so for me it's not new at all and also I suppose I'm in many ways I'm quite introverted so I don't necessarily need massive amounts of conversation to stimulate me on a kind of day-by-day basis yeah Um, so for me it's not that sort of thing isn't a challenge but so the bits I love about it there is a degree of flexibility Um, I don't mean that in the sense that I finish at three Mm. I mean that in the sense that I really can be quite selective about who I work with, um, whether or not they're doing good things, you know, if they have an angle on things like diversity and it's on their radar. So things that are important to me, I can make sure that I'm looking to align with those kinds of businesses, organizations and and projects. Um, So that's a massive plus. Um, I do think that though, having said, I don't finish at three, you can, you know, you can't, there is the, there's the ability for you to be much more in control of what your day looks like, what your life looks like. Um, I've always liked the fact that if you um, work really hard, it's your reward. So if you're doing like extra three days in a month or something, because you've got to just get something done, um, you see that reward directly reflected. It's not, you know, some dark overlord that you've never met (laughs) Um, (laughs) in a tower somewhere. Uh, so for me, those are all the really positives. I also love surrounding myself with the people that I want to work with. Yeah. So um, in the work that I do, most of the consultancy work I do is um, in the business growth space um, or in the sort of larger scale project space. Right. So I am lucky to often be in charge of commissioning. Yeah, nice. So you can be in a position where you're saying, who are the great people that are really going to help make this fly? Um, yeah. And, you know, it's just amazing. Like, it can be so much fun to surround yourself with really great creatives all on a joint mission. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I think once you get to the point where you're you're freelancer or a consultant as well, you've got so much, most people have got so much experience behind them because they've, t- they've probably done their, they've, they've worked their way up in certain companies and then they've gone, actually, I've got all of this wonderful value to give now and I'm going to share it. So you, if you are on that level, you are sort of a little bit more experienced in working with people that absolutely know their yeah. stuff definitely and it's knowing your strengths as well I think that's really important so I think if you're somebody who's really good at um kind of um I don't know like the day-to-day or then it's knowing that it's knowing how to position yourself yeah for me consultancy works because I'm really good at short-term um punching engagement yeah I'm not the best employee because I lose interest after about two years and um I you know so it's, it's knowing yourself isn't it I was gonna say yeah so you're playing to your strengths completely aren't you exactly. and, and everyone you work with then gets the best out of you and you feel like you're giving the best and um, that you can give too so yeah you're just literally playing to your strengths 
Um, networking is always a thing that keeps coming up. And I'm just going to come back there for a moment because I have a lot of emails and a lot of little tech voice messages and texts that come in that are from events professionals and marketers and even comm specialists as well that feel that they, they know networking is important, but they don't kind of know how to tackle it. What was your mm. approach in this? Because we all need to build our relationships up, don't we? Whether it's you're in a corporate company um, or you're a freelancer in some sort of respect and you've got to build those networks, but it's scary. So what would you say? So it is scary. So the way I approach it is what's important to me is really meaningful connections. Yeah. So um, it's not about getting... 10,000 business cards printed and just like throwing them at people left, right and center. It's about being kind of, for me, at least, it's about being open to meeting lots of different people, yeah. but not feeling like I have to become like best friends with them. Um, you know, just much more thinking, you know, that person I really connect with, let's go for a coffee, like, um, you know, let's build a relationship. But this person just, we don't, we don't see eye to eye, you know, let's just connect on LinkedIn, but leave it at that. Yeah. Um, and so, so I kind of suppose I've always taken that approach, but this, the research behind networking. So obviously because it's important to what I do with the marketing forum, I have yeah. read like that. I've, I've read into it quite a lot um, and we do look at it. It's actually more important to have a higher volume of weak ties. So what that means is it's not necessarily really useful to have five like really good friends in your network. Okay. It's much more useful for you to have a broader number of weak ties where people are aware of what you do. You can potentially help them out and they can potentially help you out if yeah. those kinds of opportunities arise. But what that means is we can kind of take the fear out of it because it doesn't it means that you can sort of say like, um, I'm really interested in that person. I'll just connect with them in LinkedIn and add a note and just tell them why I'm interested. Yeah. You know, I don't know about you, but I've certainly, even on things like Instagram, if I really like what somebody's doing, I will just message them and say, yeah. I really like what you're doing. Um, I'll even, I've even had conversations with complete randomers on Instagram just because we've ended up engaging and saying, do you want to just have a, a conversation? So I think it's about, again, working out what you're comfortable with yeah it doesn't all have to be going to the now proverbial lawyer's office with the cloth <laughs> with the cloth on um it's about you know even if it's I don't know like a, a local coffee shop that just does hot desking on a Friday you know it doesn't it's working out what you're comfortable with yeah and just being prepared to connect with what in es es essence is just another human being and that's really nice that does take the fear factor out of it doesn't it the fact that you talk about having a lot of weak ties versus having to put so much time and effort into building just five or six really really strong ties and I, and it does absolutely and just link it connecting with someone on LinkedIn sending someone a comment on Instagram those are still you, they still know about you they still become aware of you and you're still yeah. becoming part of their circle so that's a really nice stepping stone into the world isn't it Definitely. And I, I don't think, um, and you don't have to force any of it. I think the thing with networking though, is that it does take time. Yeah. Like it does, it takes time to, even if you connect with someone, you might, they might, you know, it's, they might not post right away. You might not see it right away, you know? So it's a question of just kind of slowly, but surely, but it, diversity in network is also really important. So it's um, important that you, and, and <laughs> it sounds really, um, it, it does matter to have a plan yeah. so you start thinking about so if you're going to 
what would be useful to you to have within your network? What kind of people do you want to surround yourself with? Yeah. And try and think laterally around it. And also, what can you offer to people? Um, not necessarily services, but, you know, who do you know that they might not know? And so it's thinking in those kinds of lateral terms creates diversity within your network. So if yeah. you're an accountant, you don't want just accountants as your this is a poor example because I don't think any accountants are going to be doing live events. But, um, <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You need to cast the net out wider, don't you? Then your your current sort of circle of people that you you're probably around day to day. Absolutely, 100%. that's where the value is going to be in this. Coming back to creatives, and um, I'm I'm going back to the analogy around um, being a marketing manager in a small company um, and reporting directly into the managing director. And then also I work for a very large corporate company and sometimes um, as an events professional, we are forgotten a little bit because that's not the day to day. We're just an extra add on to what the business, we're not the purpose of the business. So if we flip it around and think about businesses, how can Mm -hmm. businesses and business owners, business managers, leadership teams make sure that they are getting the best out of their creative teams and whatever that creative community looks like within their businesses? What can they do to make sure that they're developing them and ensuring that they are delivering to a high standard, but keeping them happy as well? I think one of the things I've noticed in business is that you, like you say, events marketing, it's not the business. Unless you're an agency, that's not the core business. Yeah. And so it's easy for businesses to focus on the core, the operations, like whatever they're making, et cetera. And so sometimes what I've seen is therefore there be almost like a lack of respect for what I'll call the back office functions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's particularly where I've seen potentially issues is in businesses where um, the actual life of the operational team is really quite different to how back office functions. Yeah. So, you know, most of us in um, marketing, probably, at, you know, events, etc. you know, we're probably doing like a, a nine to five sort of style life as operational teams where potentially they wouldn't start until, <clears throat> excuse me, like six o'clock in the evening. Yeah. So there can be, I've experienced a kind of sense of, you know, like, well, you know, you only work the day shift <laughs> kind <laughs> yeah. of vibe. And um, I think it's really important, therefore, for businesses and business leaders to, I think, really get to understand how to get the best out of their marketing, back office, creative teams, um, event teams. And that might be, that, what that might look like might be different for the core business. Yeah. So it might be that you encourage time out of the office because for creative thinking, it might be that you encourage them to go and spend time with other creatives more regularly than you might allow your operational teams to do that kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's really just working out, you know, and that's not I don't think that's going to be a one size fits all. But I think it's it's a case of really working out how can we create the environment that best enables this team to deliver. Yeah, I definitely think certainly creative time, like we were talking about earlier. It's almost like um, reverse psychology in a way, isn't it? Like to think we're going to do more if we yeah. do a bit less today. Yeah. But it's true. It's so true, isn't it? And I think you're absolutely right around the fact that if you if unless you are working in an events or marketing or communications agency, 
your day-to-day life probably you know I work for, work for a cruise company my day-to-day life is cruises and that's the purpose of the business so sometimes I have to take me and my team away and go away and remind ourselves that we're events and communications professionals so yeah. that's going to things like conflicts that's taking ourselves out of the business and going away and networking with our peers and colleagues in events really um, yeah. and I think that's a really nice thing to do isn't it remember what you are and what your expertise is and just go and find those people find that tribe that can help support you in that yeah, exactly. Because like you say, you might be like really inside on a day to day basis what the um, what quality looks like, what good looks like in mm. cruises. Yeah. But then you're you know, you're forgetting that also like, oh, we actually have to do this job really well. And it's exactly the same with, you know, marketing, creative, etc. It's it's a case of um, you've got to try and keep up on most multiple levels. Yeah. Um, and that's the challenge and yeah. the opportunity. It is always <laughs> an opportunity. So I like to ask this question as we come into the wrap up around um, if you had a magic wand. So within the events and marketing community or the in- industry, you know, now because we, we've evolved and we've changed so much in the last two years, we really have as an industry. Um, and I'd like to know, like, if you could still have that magic wand and change one thing further, what would that be? Oh, do you know, it's really interesting because um, I listen to quite a lot of the kind of business podcasts around things like um, automation and, you know, yeah. what jobs are going to exist, etc. And the reality is, is that what's going to be always very difficult to replace and replicate is the cre- is creative. Yeah. Um, and so part of me wants to just be like the creative industry needs to just charge more. Like we all just need to you know remember that actually it's not easy to come up sometimes with stuff yeah and to create and to you know pull it all together and unfortunately there are still certain areas of the creative industries where it isn't valued and um, so I think there's just kind of an overarching confidence that yes. needs to come through Absolutely. Couldn't agree more, actually. It's a really nice one. I've not thought about that, but you're so right. We, we need as an industry to be more confident that what we what we are adding to we are adding value to these businesses so we should charge more we should leverage ourselves in a better way elevate ourselves so yeah very good I like that one and then finally obviously you've got your marketing forum um in terms of tools and resources for people that need help in this area because if they're listening to this thinking oh crikey this is so me I need to reach out to people that do what I do and and build those connections and collaborate um what tools and resources would or where would you point people to go if they want to um work on themselves and work on their community um, well, so obviously, as you say, the marketing forum, we have just got a new program and that's to do with. So, well, so I think that's a really interesting example. So program programs. And what I mean by that are things like whether it's um, coaching programs, so things like masterminds. The reason why they're quite a smart thing to do is because you're probably going to be one of maybe 10 or 12 or whatever, 20. You're going to grow your network by that m- many people just yeah. for turning up. Yeah. Um, so it can be a really interesting way of gently diversifying your network without scaring the pants off yourself. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just getting to know some new people in a new space, develop a bit professionally at the same time. So that can be a really good way of doing it. Um, and, and just things like, you know, even things like some Facebook groups, like it's not something that I personally like to do, but there are quite there are loads of those kinds of groups, particularly if you've got a niche within your business and more within your special, like a specialism within your specialism sort of thing. Yeah. And you can really just start to get to know lots more people. So 
but you know I think the, I don't think it's anything complicated that you know the tools are all kind of out there um it's just a question of I guess conquering our fear around it a little bit absolutely and you, you sold yourself short there because you said you'd got a new program um, and then, I and then you didn't yeah you didn't mention what it was so was what's like, this oh, program not, I <laughs> so it's called up your game so basically yeah. it's a three-month program it starts on the 1st of april um and it's exactly this so the the the, uh, the idea behind it or the the statistic behind it is that 80 percent of effective leaders are mindset beliefs behaviors yeah. and only 20% skill set. Right. But most companies spend 80% or most of us spend 80% of our time developing skill set and only 20% on mindset and behaviors. So what that kind of really means is that what's going to stop you becoming your the marketing director or the head of events at this company or that company or a freelancer or a consultant. It's not how good you are at that task. It's whether or not you can believe you can do it. It's yeah. your approach to it. So it's a three-month program to try and support people with their big idea, to support people with um, the roadmap for how to get there, support them in developing their network. Um, and it's the first program from the Marketing Forum. And I'm really scared about it. Oh, don't be scared. You've got to have confidence and believe in yourself. <laughs> I know. I need to be on the program. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, don't be scared. It sounds great. It really does. And um, it's very needed because you're so right. People... Um, I'm not going to get feminist about this, but a lot of women as well undersell themselves um, and don't believe that they can do it. So it's just about it is confidence, isn't it? It's being able to look at it sometimes looking at a job description and thinking, oh, I'm going to go for that. It's OK. Yeah. I can do I can do 60 percent of it and then the rest of it I can learn. And, you know, I've got the qualities to do it. So absolutely love it. Yeah. yeah. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> and Katie, if people want to know more about you, where can we point them to? Where's the best socials to send them? Um, so um, obviously I'm on LinkedIn and I think one of the important things about building network is you also have to make sure you're a good networker yourself. So if anyone wants to add me, please do. I will accept and happy to have conversations and connect people and share things. Um, there's the marketing forum on Instagram, which is the marketing forum underscore. Um, and yeah, I'm on Twitter. I don't do Facebook. Yeah, that's well, you, you, you choose your platforms. <laughs> you <don't>. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Katie, this has been great. Thank you very much for today and good luck with your new programme. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, a big thank you to Katie for joining us today on the episode. I found that really, truly insightful, actually, and made me think lots about my own development, how I can build my own network better and reach out to others more, connecting and collaborating. I really hope you enjoyed it too. So if you're enjoying the podcast and you want to reach out to me to say hi or share any thoughts, then please do. You'll find me on all the socials. I'm Kelly Frew and you'll also find me at my website, storymakerevents.com. Don't forget to join us on all the events for breakfast socials too. We're on Twitter, we're on LinkedIn and we are on Instagram. And please do remember, if you're enjoying the podcast, then subscribe so it drops into your podcast provider every single week and give us a lovely five star rating so other people can find us too. Really do look after yourself. We will be back very, very soon with more. Take care for now. Bye. Bye.